Welcome to the Vici Mundum Show, a ministry of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia. Maximilian. Maximilian. That's what he says. He'll say Maximilian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, that's pretty cool. Oh, he's Max now. Almost two. Next week he'll be two. Nice. Yep. Nice. Yep. On the eve of wow. the Queenship of Mary. Wow. Not too shabby. So right in between Assumption and Queenship. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. He's got got Marion all over him. <laughs> <laughs> well, his middle name's Mary, isn't it? It is. It is. His full yeah. name is Maximilian Mary White. What? I yeah. never knew that. Mm-hmm. Did awesome. you guys add in white? Because that's usually Mary's color, you know, pure. And... That's an interesting observation. I would not have put that together. <laughs> nope, know. just because it's my last name. But yeah, <laughs> didn't have much choice in that one. I guess. Yeah, he did not. He did not. Oh, that's but, awesome. Yeah, actually, uh, my sister last year for his feast day, she's quite a good artist, and she drew out this little card for him, um, and just kind of using pen, just did this awesome um, image of Maximilian Colby. For him. Mm. So we have that kind of in his keepsake envelope. That's awesome. That's so for him awesome. to be able to look at later on. But it's, it, it really is quite moving. Um, just the simple drawing that she did. So shout out to my sister Elizabeth. It's mm. awesome. Maybe he'll be a Franciscan like Maximilian Colby one. Could be. Could be. Was he actually a Franciscan? Right yeah. So I don't think I ever a, knew that. Yeah, he was a Franciscan. He was a Franciscan priest. Wow, okay. Uh, I knew he was a priest, but yeah. I didn't realize that that was the order. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. He was a conventional Franciscan. Yeah. 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 He's pretty amazing. Well, folks, we are here with the Vici Mundum Show. Welcome back to another episode. And we have an excellent guest, a little blast from the past. Ooh. Our brother Josiah <laughs> Taylor is here on the show. Was he not on the first one? I don't think it was the first. I think it was like yeah. the third or fourth. Okay. Um, the early ones with really bad recording problems. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he came in and saw our new mic set up and was <laughs> like, what the heck's going on? Ken, are you playing old shows? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to see where exactly his show came in. It's kind of weird. Oh, he was number two. It's a live show. What and is we're con- listening to an old show on the, li- on the, <laughs> it's on like the a new weird show. time Man, enigma. So confusing. Yeah, what is conversion all about? Second yeah. episode. That was the second. That was, what was the, the second. First? Do we need God? Was the ah. first one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you haven't listened to that one, I recommend it. The audio quality is not as good, but the story is awesome. It is. It is. We get to it's, learn a lot about Josiah. How come I wasn't the first? We, you know what? We didn't want you in it. <laughs> yeah, I said I'm leaving. He said he can be the second, but. <laughs> We don't want them in the first, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, also, I'm uh, Austin Farinold, and we've got Ken White in here also. So, the three of us are going to talk about one of our favorite topics. Um, We are recording this the day before the Feast of the Assumption of Mary. Uh, And as Ken said earlier, the Queenship of Mary is next week. Um, And today is the Feast of Maximilian Kolbe. And so we've got like a trifecta of Mary going on. Mm. Um, And, you know, we didn't even put it all together. When Josiah came back in town, uh, he's like, we said, we need to get you on a podcast. And what do you want to talk about? We said, Mary. And now we're recording, and it's the perfect time to talk about our Blessed Mother. Actually, I'm here against my will, so I was uh, peer pressured and and forced to be here. If you could see the studio, you could see I'm chained down to this chair, and I've been 
<laughs> I've been forced to be here. So. People loved your episode so much. We need you back. <laughs> we had to wrestle him, wrestle him into the chair, tie him down. <laughs> uh, so before we jump into anything, Mary, would you be you want to tell people what's going on, Josiah? Yeah, yeah, sure. So. Uh, man, first of all, it's actually good to be here, uh, back at Our Lady Mount Carmel. It's a special place to me for sure. You know, I had my, uh, sort of return to the faith here and, uh, really fell in love with Jesus and the community here is, is really alive with the Holy Spirit, I think. And, uh, yeah, so it's good to be back visiting. I think I've been gone for six months, which isn't very long, but you know, it seems longer and it's just good to, to reconnect with you two, my brothers in Christ, you know, and part of my, you know, sort of family here at Our Lady of Mount Carmel, which has been great. So I love this place. But yeah, so I've been on the journey of discernment and uh, I have been visiting some Franciscan communities and um, <clears throat> really just uh, answering that, uh, that call from God and trying to seek my home, find my home. And uh, so I've I've been doing that more actively, and I've had some really awesome times uh, with uh, visiting some communities. And uh, long story short, I'm currently waiting on response from the Franciscan Friars of the Immaculate. Uh, I put in an application with them about a month ago, and I'm just waiting to see if they're going to accept me or not. So That's awesome. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Well, if those Franciscans listen to our podcast we highly encourage you to take brother josiah <laughs> absolutely so then so then the franciscans you said of the immaculate yes so the franciscans of the immaculates they uh are essentially conventual franciscans they're a reform order who was founded in 1987 i think it was 87 um and they 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 uh, they live very much the spirituality of actually St. Maximilian Colby, so I know they're probably mm. celebrating the feast day today uh, very well. Um, and they take on uh, a lot of his uh, great fervor and love for Our Lady. Uh, and so they, they, they're very Marian in their spirituality, hence Franciscan Friars of the Immaculate. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, so they're very devoted to Our Lady and, the, and sort of the spreading of... Um, uh, Marian understanding and trying to help people sort of understand Mary's role in our life. And, uh, you know, um, they do that through the media, through uh, a website that they have called Ave Maria. So you can check it out. Go to AveMaria.com. And there's all kinds of good stuff on there, uh, very Marian uh, sort of based. And they also have a publication magazine that they put out and they send out to people. Um, and, yeah, so they do a lot of a lot of work to promote uh promote Our Lady and devotion to her Immaculate Heart. And uh, so they're, mm. they're good men living in, in uh, poverty and, and prayer and penance. And, uh, uh, you know, they, they really do kind of respond. Uh, the way I've kind of seen it is it's a response to Our Lady of Fatima, I think, and where she asks us to sort of, uh, she asks the three separate shepherd children, you know, to do more penance, to offer sacrifices in reparation for sins committed against her heart, uh, to pray the rosary, uh, to visit the blessed sacrament. Uh, so, uh, uh, they're very much re- responding to that and sort of living that, uh, uh, mostly in, in, in that prayer and penance of their life. So it's really beautiful. Uh, they're really good men doing good things. 
Yeah. So, that's amazing. Yeah. Man, we are, we're praying hard. I've been praying hard for you for a long time. And Man, we're going to keep praying. And yeah. uh, all of our listeners, join us in praying for Josiah. It's such an important ministry, um, kind of telling others about the importance of Our Lady. And that's actually what I, I'm hoping we can dive more deeply into on this podcast is, why Mary? Why is she such a good mom? And why should we have recourse to her? Yeah. Yeah, it's. I just love that question because I was actually um, not too long ago approached by someone with that question. Um, they were kind of speaking to me about you know all the wonderful examples we have of these um, powerfully strong and faithful women of the of the Bible, right? So you have you know Ruth and Esther, and there are these epic stories um, of these of these women really laying their life down for God and. You know, Mary doesn't have her own book, so to speak, right? Like she doesn't have. There's not the book of Ruth or the book of Esther, or you know, there's not book of Mary. There's there's those others, but there's not the book of Mary. Um, and and so the the question posed to me was like, why why is she such a big deal, right? And she even uh, this person that I spoke to also um, told me about you know what about there's this Proverbs, there's this verse in Proverbs, all about the the faithful woman. Um, and that gives the the person was saying it gives them so much guidance in life. So why again? Why Mary? What's the big deal about Mary? And um, and you know a little bit of me got, started to get defensive for my mama, you know, because um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do I do love our, our our lady very much, and she's played a a very key role in my life um, and in how I am close to the Lord today is very much thanks to her. Um, and so it was definitely a Holy Spirit filled response, but I just said, who better lives that Proverbs example? And who is the fulfillment of all of those stories of Esther and Ruth, et cetera? Who lives, who lives that faith most courageously, most boldly, right? It, but, but Our Lady. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think it's an important question because I think a lot of people wonder, like, why, why is she such a big deal, especially to Catholics, right? I mean, why? why do we have these feast days in her honor? Um, so I don't know if you guys have thoughts on that. I don't know. I think in just the simplest, the thing that came to my mind was because we need mother. We need a mother, right? We have, we have our fathers, but we also need our, our mothers, you know, it's a, uh, to complete that family, you yeah. know? Uh, and yeah, I don't know. That's, 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 that's I think one of my favorite like ways uh, to consider Mary too is just thinking about how she's the the new ark of the covenant you know that uh then if you read the old testament they um they had this ark and it's in this ark you know that that basically god resides um and they carry it around they carry it into battle um and when the enemies see the ark coming they get terrified you know they think oh my gosh the living god is coming um He's coming into our territory, and they run away. And some of the enemies try to capture uh, the Ark, and they successfully do it, and it starts bringing all these curses onto them. It starts, like, ruining everything for them because it wants to get back. Uh, The Ark longs to be with the Jewish people, you know. Um, God longs to be with them. And it's just such an awesome uh, image to think that Mary is that new Ark, you know. So if God resides, resided Resode, resid, I don't know, res, <laughs> resided <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with the Jewish people in the ark, then um, 
then you know how did he come to to us the christian people it was through a new ark you know he had to come through a new vessel and we see mary as being that vessel that she uh she was this pure, pure vessel because the ark had to be pure. You know, it's beautiful, wonderfully crafted. And Mary's the same way that um, she's the vessel chosen by God to carry, uh, to carry Jesus, to carry God Himself. And so, uh, in the same way as the Jews would bring this ark in to battle, you know, gosh, you bring Mary into battle, man. My spiritual life took a serious turn when I brought Mary in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, things got like amazing in my prayer life um i felt like the the uh the channel of the holy spirit just kind of opened up that you know she's coming in and helping to clear things out and and the enemy's terrified of her yeah yeah absolutely i mean it's just i owe so much to her like i was saying and and similar kind of experience when i was younger about 13 or 14 i was kind of heading down a path that was not so healthy for me um, and uh, and definitely could have ended up in, in a in a pretty bad place um, but that that year I uh, got confirmed as well as um, consecrated myself to Jesus through Mary mm-hmm. so turning my life completely over to her <clears throat> excuse me and it was it was within the year following that all that happened that I started to take a very serious turn um, back towards Christ and building my relationship with him really strong. And it's, I mean, really, honestly, it's, it's why I'm here today is because, because of, you know, the Holy spirit and Mary um, working to, Mm. to put me on the right path. So absolutely. I mean, the enemy greatly fears her um, because, you know, well, I've actually his... heard it explained that Satan is more scared of Mary than Je- like hates Mary more than Jesus. Um, and one of the reasons why, and this is not, I don't, I do not believe that this is actually doctrine, but this was like private revelation to maybe Reflection, Thomas Aquinas. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, that uh, that the that for Satan to serve God was not that hard for him to really wrap his head around in. You know, it's obvious that this God created him. You know, he's smart enough to know that this God is better than he is. Um, but I think it was through St. Thomas Aquinas that uh, he received a vision that showed um, that before uh, the angels received the beatific vision, they were given this, like, vision, you know, of, uh, of, what, of what their God was like. And they were shown that our God would go through and be born at the hands of a woman. Um, uh, a lowly handmaiden would be born through her and that all angels and all humanity would uh, um, honor her. Would honor her, yeah. All generations will call me blessed, as Mary herself says. You know that that they would all do that. And for Satan, when he saw that, was like, "This is too much for me. I am so much better than that handmaiden. There's no way I could bow down and worship this this lowly creature when I'm so much better." And so to see this low creature, uh, this human of such great humility. Um, to to be so wonderfully honored and adorned with the stars, crowned with the stars, um, is terrifying and maddening for Satan uh, because he was so high and now is so low, you know, and his head is crushed underneath of her. Yeah, yeah. And just to just to clarify too, um, 
the the difference between the fact that we honor Mary versus worshiping, right? Yeah. So we do not worship Mary; we only worship our Lord. And same with all of the angels and um, all of the saints. You know, we worship God, but we honor Mary for all that she for all that God raised her to be, mm-hmm. right? And and instilled in her the mission. And I love the story of the wedding at Cana because it's kind of the launch, you know, of the public ministry of Jesus. And in that moment, um, you know, it's Mary who approaches Jesus and says, "They have no wine." Right, and she's she's very motherly in that moment. Like, there's an issue here with the party continuing, um, and it actually in Jewish for Jewish weddings uh, um, for the feast, it would go on for days. Mm. And if you and they would actually shut the doors to the to the house where all the partying was going on, and people would just stay. They'd you know they'd sleep overnight, they'd stay, and they'd just continue the party. It was a great feast, not bad. And if the wine <laughs> ran right, I know it's like great. But if the wine ran out, then it meant that it would have to end early. Mm. Like so, it was very. It was not only like the end of the party, um, but also um, very dishonoring to that family. Right, mm. like very humiliating to like have to end the feast early. So Mary was being very motherly on a very human level there. And she approaches Jesus and says, you know, they have no wine. And, and, and he asks very respectfully, you know, what does this have to do with me? In, in essence, I've heard one priest kind of reflect on it as he was kind of allowing her to make the call in this decision. Like, like you realize what this means for me, yeah, like opening this up, right? And she, she just like turns to the servant and says, "Do whatever he tells you," right? Like, <laughs> turns around, do whatever he tells you, and that's the launch of the public ministry. And it's not because Jesus couldn't have done it himself, but he very much chose to come into the world through Mary mm-hmm. and even sort of launch his ministry yeah. through Mary, yeah, right? Which is really, which is really awesome. Not because, again, not because she has more power, but because he has given her that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. God has given her that mission. I love that. There's a lot there, too, I think, because it shows where Jesus in that story, the wedding feast of Cana, is really honoring his mother, right? He honors his mother in that moment, her request, you know, to him. And mm-hmm. her request is sort of, she really she really intercedes and sways the heart of Jesus, you know, for the good, for the good of the wedding feast and everything that's going on. And uh, I love that, you know, and, and, and that's how Mary works in our lives, too, I think. And, and in my life, it's like, you know, when she's a mother. And so when sometimes we can't, uh, maybe maybe we know we've disappointed our dad or maybe we know dad asked us to do something and, uh, you know, we're kind of, uh, we didn't do it and we were disobedient. Who do you go to? You know, you go to mom, and you're like, mom, you know, I, I, I kind of messed up a little bit, and uh, you know, I know dad's gonna be a little upset, but could you talk to him for me? You know, and you know, and and, and mom comes in, and she's like, all right, all right, let's uh, let's wait till dad gets back from work. You know, we'll sit him down, and you know, we'll get him a beer. You know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll uh, bring him out some dinner. Him, here's relax, his paper. Bring him some dinner. Yeah. Here's his paper. Yep, 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 yep. You know, we'll. I'm trying uh, to imagine Mary doing this with right. God. <laughs> But I don't know. It's it's a funny. What do you think his favorite beer is that Mary brings him? Oh, definitely brown ale. Brown ale. You think it's brown ale? (laughs) Oh, you think he's a Franciscan? That's why. Yeah, he's definitely brown ale. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think she intercedes for us in that way, where she sort of, you know, we can always uh, feel confident going to to uh, Our Lady and and just you know asking her to intercede for us. Uh, to God for for our needs and, and feel confident and comfortable 
with that. Yeah, and we know that from, uh, you know, Ken, you were saying, like, Jesus came into the world through Mary, and then the public ministry was kind of launched through Mary. And then his death, he kind of left Mary behind for us. Uh, when he says, son, behold your mother, um, you know, it's it's yeah. kind of like this this whole completion of everything that the very last thing he gives us before he he dies for us is his mother. You know, mm-hmm. she's right there and he's like, son, behold your mother. And in the way the church has uh, interpreted that is that uh, they, Jesus was giving her motherhood over the church. You know, right. the church entire. Um, here's one of his apostles who is now, you know, one of the one of the bishops of the church, essentially. And uh, and he's saying, "This is your mother. Look to her." You know, and the apostle took her under his roof, and so that devotion to Mary is basically doing what the apostle John did. You know, it's it's taking Mary underneath our roof, bringing her into our hearts and into our lives, and saying, you know, if, if Jesus wanted John to have her as his mom, then maybe I should consider doing the same. Um, and I just, I just think that's so beautiful. Really, that, that whole, the passion is really, I think, highlights Mary um, in, a, in a wonderful way, because uh, it doesn't really say a lot about her. Um, but the only apostles who could make it to the foot of the cross were those with Mary, the mother of God. Mm. You know, I've, I've often heard it say, well, why, I don't need Mary. Why don't I just go right to Jesus? Um, that's what I, I kind of think like, that's what Peter tried doing. You know, he mm. wanted to go right to the cross to Jesus. Mm. Um, and so he, uh, but he doesn't make it far at all. Uh, and it's not that you can't go without Mary, you know, certainly. Um, but the apostles who really make it right to the heart of the, the death uh, of Jesus and the deepest sorrow and kind of the union, you know, they were unified with, with his death in their sorrow. Uh, Mary felt that that sword pierced her heart. You know, she's right there with Jesus. Uh, and I've come to believe personally that the only, you know, the best way to get there to the heart of Jesus, to see it pierced open, is with Mary guiding you there, mm. just like John and uh, Mary Magdalene mm. uh, were right there with her all it, along the way. Doesn't it make total sense, though, because it's like, you know, salvation came to us through Mary, mm. you know? Uh, Jesus incarnate, the Word of God, came to the world through Mary. So shouldn't we go through Mary? Mm, to go well, right back. To go to reach our salvation as well. Yeah. You know, it just kind of, it makes sense. Yeah. You know, it's it's through Mary to Jesus. Yeah. Through Mary to heaven, you know, through Mary to attain that salvation, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a really important piece, too, of all of this is, right, there's one mediator between God and man, and that's Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. right? It says that in Scripture, one mediator. Mm -hmm. But we all, through Jesus, participate in that mediation, right, and marry in a very special way. So when we say we go through Mary, we're not saying that we bypass Jesus. You can't go through Mary without going through Jesus, right? Like <laughs> yeah. it it doesn't work that way um, because it's it's Jesus Himself who was who is our salvation, right? Yeah. And then and then Mary has been given a very special role within that. Um, in the same way that any of us are. I mean, I can ask you, Josiah, or you, Austin, please pray for me in this, right? You have an ability to intercede for me and marry in a very special, very unique, and very powerful way because Jesus has set it up that way. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah. 
I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that she's, I mean, of course, her heart is so close. So uh, there's no other creature uh, that I know of anyway that has conceived by the Holy Spirit. You know, I mean, that is a that is a union with the Holy Spirit that's unheard of in the rest of uh, the Bible. God's story to us, right. you know, his, his, his word, his living word. Um, and so she obviously has this deep relationship with the Holy Spirit that's well beyond any of us. Um, and her Magnificat afterwards uh, talks a lot about, you know, from, from this gen- for, uh, generations will call me blessed, you know, um, and holy is your name. There's, um, I mean, there's, there's this great understanding through all of this, when the angel comes to talk to her, that she is this vessel now, uh, and she's this vessel by whom the world will honor uh, and will go through uh, to get to Jesus. Um, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, if you're going to ask me to pray for you, why would you not want to ask your mother, (laughs) your spiritual mother, the mother of Jesus, the one who nursed him, the one who changed his diapers, you know, the one (laughs) who fed him, taught him how to walk, like the one who was so close to his heart. I've got four kids, and as close as I think I am to my kids, my wife is so much closer. You know, Mm. uh, Gabe, my uh, three-year-old, he is so darn cute. But that kid is the laziest speaker ever. <laughs> he just kind of talks out of the front of his mouth, and I can't even understand what he's saying all the time. And he'll come up and like say something like, "Hey, I'm like, I don't have, I don't understand a word you just said." And then Claire's like, "He said that uh, he wants to play Hot Wheels with you later." I'm like, "Oh, great, okay, cool." <laughs> and I think oftentimes it's like that, you know, we go to God and, and here's Mary, this maternal figure that's like, you know, I'm going to take their slush mouth, like the, the nonsense, <laughs> they don't know what they're saying, and translate it for you, God. Because <laughs> I heard your son speaking that way when he was trying to learn to talk. <laughs> yeah. She takes our prayers and she perfects them. Yeah. And she makes them humble and worthy to be received by God and, you know, answered according to his will, you know, and through, through the hands of Mary, it's, it's just made more perfect, you know, all our prayers that we offer through her, through her immaculate heart. Yeah. It's like, uh, and she, like in the wedding feast of Cana, she sways the heart of Jesus, you know, and she, she helps us in our needs, you know, and you know, perfect way. And we were talking earlier that she just sometimes, um, cause you were talking about this order you're interested in just side and you're like, you know, it's all, it's kind of the St. Maximilian charism of, uh, of talking about the immaculate, talking about Mary. And that that's kind of a hard sell sometimes. You know, yeah. Jesus already can be a hard sell to people, but then Mary sometimes is even harder to sell. Um, and it's funny because it makes me think of my own story that I've been Catholic my whole life, as long as I can remember. I was in the Junior Legion of Mary, um, was in all these like, you know, little Marian groups and always had statues of Mary and stuff. I never had a close relationship with Mary. Mm-hmm. Um for a, a long, large part of my life. Um, and I always kind of wondered, like, gosh, why is she so important? You know, why do we walk around at these retreats and they got a statue of Mary they're walking around with? And what the <laughs> heck's going on? Um, like, but whatever. I'm Catholic. That's just what we do. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Claire read me a quote by Louis-Marie de Montfort. And I don't even remember exactly what it was, but it was something about, like, how important it is to go through Mary. And I was like, I don't believe that. <laughs> like, I can just go to Jesus. I don't need to go through Mary. Well, long story short, like, the next morning, uh, Mary 
Mary just dropped a bomb on me in prayer and like opened my eyes to seeing how important she was. And from that moment on, I took Mary into my heart and, uh, and holy smokes, it's just, it's something that is so hard to explain in words, but it's something that when your mom, like I think of somebody who, uh, this happened to my dad, actually, he had, um, he was having brain surgery. Um, and we thought he was going to die actually for a while. And, uh, his mom lived in Texas and he was going through these surgeries and like, and had one coming up that was kind of scary. Um, and he comes out of the operating room and in walks his mom. And my dad's like, at this point is, you know, closing in on, I don't know, probably 45 or so. And, uh, and when she walked in and she goes, Matt, he just starts bawling. You know, Mm. I mean, and that's kind of what happens when you say, Mary, I would love you in my heart. You know, I want to take you in as my mom. It's like she walks in the room and you just know something's right. My mom is here Mm. and she's here to stay and she's here to take care of me. And I know I'm in good hands because it's my mama. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Mary's mission um, is to bring us to her son. Like that's mm-hmm. all she cares about. We see that. I think that's why there's no book of Mary, right? We have book <laughs> of Ruth and Esther, but I, I, I think it's because Mary doesn't want to take the spotlight off of her son. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and, and you see that in the gospels. I mean, she, she shows up at these key moments <clears throat> and, and is a beautiful mother to us and to the Lord. And then sort of just, goes away right like it's a very humble appearance um and i think anyone who's kind of wondering about this or wants to know more a really good um encyclical by saint john paul ii it's called redemptoris mater and it's kind of about mary's relationship with the church um it's on the blessed virgin mary in the life of the pilgrim church and it very it kind of goes through the different episodes that we see her in the gospel and how God was preparing her heart for the mission, um, for her mission for the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to kind of wrap us up, I think if anyone's you know nervous about like Marian devotion and will that take me away from Christ, I just want to share a, a brief story from my life. I, I had really felt like I was. Um, didn't know Christ as well as I wanted to. I didn't feel um, as comfortable with the relationship uh, with Jesus. And I really begged Mary to show me her son, like really um, strongly. And I was always, I, I've always had a good relationship with the Blessed Mother. And so I just said, please let me see your son. Let me know your son. Mm-hmm. And over the course of about eight months, it didn't, it, it didn't come to mind um, to me, but like I had kind of grown really close to Christ in the Eucharist and like had not prayed a rosary in months, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I really, when I looked back, I was like, wow, she completely stepped out of the way. Do you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And just pushed me towards her son. Um, and now, and now there's this beautiful through, for the, through the Holy Spirit, you know, this beautiful balance that, that when I pray the rosary, I really am connecting with, with our Lord and, um, and I'm really grateful to her for that. So if anyone's, you know, nervous about, if I give some attention to Mary, I, I forget Christ. No, not, not at all. She, her whole mission is to point us to her son. Yeah. She keeps nothing for herself, you know? So, I mean, I think that's the power of Mary in consecration too. When you consecrate yourself to Mary, you give yourself totally to Mary, but she doesn't keep that. She doesn't keep you, you know. She just points to God and she gives you uh, more perfectly to to her son. 
Right. Yeah. Right. Because isn't it actually a consecration to Jesus through Mary? Yes. Isn't that yeah, how yeah. Louis de Montfort mm-hmm. puts it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And Maximilian Colby, what was the quote you gave me once, Ken? Don't be afraid to love the Blessed Virgin too much. Jesus wasn't. Yeah. 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 It was something like that. Like yeah. that. <laughs> he wasn't afraid to love her. Uh-uh. Why are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. She's a good, good mama. She is. She is. Yeah. I love her. So, well, folks, thanks so much for tuning in for another episode. Unfortunately, we're out of time um, for for this episode on Mary. Certainly, we hope to have many more podcasts about our blessed mother. We love her very dearly. Um, and in the books and the, the thoughts and the reflections that she puts in our hearts are, are never ending. Um, so uh, certainly we want to have more, more to talk about with her. So, um, so thanks for jo- joining us. Uh, and remember to like our show. I'm sorry, like our show, rate our show. Uh, <laughs> you can like it if you can find some way how. I don't know. <laughs> like our Facebook subscribe subscribe yeah. <laughs> subscribe and rate rate our show send us an email right at vichimundum1633 at gmail.com we would love to hear from you we also have the ability you can apply right to be a guest speaker on here um, you can go to our, our website right what is it vichimundum.com org yep Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. I think we and, bought uh, them both. But <laughs> <laughs> we own it all. But um, yeah, go ahead and fill out an application and to, to possibly be on the show if you if you want to share the good news of Christ via this medium. So until next time, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, pray, pray for, for us. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the presenters alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia, or the Catholic Diocese of Richmond. This podcast is presented to you by individuals who are not all necessarily experts in the field of discussion, but are answering the call of the new evangelization and sharing their love of Christ with you. God bless you.